You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. folks not the ending of the season that we wanted but nonetheless the season is over i have to say me personally i kind of took it better than i thought i would however over the last couple days now that it's kind of simmering and everything I, i think i'm getting more upset as the days go by and i just i think that's just because of all the off season storylines just kicking off so quickly but a lot to digest, and we're going to talk about the uh, the end of the season, how we feel about this team uh, for the 21-22 season, and what we're thinking about going forward. Initial thoughts. Andrew, I'll start with you. Hmm. What was your initial reaction as those, those minutes were kind of winding down in the series against the Canes and we were eliminated? Well, the last 20 seconds of that game took about 10 years out of my life because Pasternak scores to make it 3-2, and then there's the mad scramble in front of the net where nobody can get a handle on the puck. That the fact that we the, the fact that it just feels like we came so close. And if you listen to Berger, uh, Berger not Bergeron, Marshawn's exit interview. Uh, a couple days ago where he says, if we were able to get by Carolina, I feel like we were a team that could make the finals and I don't disagree with him. So, and it's, I think I don't feel good about it, man. And with all the storylines that are starting to percolate right now, we're in a weird spot. I feel bummed. Look, I agree with you that when it all went down, I kind of just went, you know what? I'm not as angry as I thought I'd be. It's like a no shame to losing to a better team type of thing. Right. I was sad. I was bummed. And over the next couple of days, I had to process a lot of feelings that I don't normally like to feel. <laughs> but by the time we got there, I was like, you know what? We lost to a really fucking good team. And I thought, and again, to, to echo Andrew's point, I thought we were a finals team, just like Marshan said, if we could get by this round. I said that before the round actually started. I was like, hey, we get by Carolina. We're a real threat to go to the finals. Like we can make a real path to the finals. It's a bummer. It's a more reasonable bummer than a couple of the past years. Losing to the Islanders to me was shattering. Yeah. I thought we were the better team. Yeah. No piece of me that thought that we were the worst team in that series. Yeah. Going into this Carolina series, I was like, yeah, we're not not the better team, but we've got a real puncher's chance. And we did turn it into a puncher's chance. We took yep. them to the seventh round. And we really fought for it. And there's no excuses, no accepting losing. This is simply reality of, fuck, this sucks. But I'm still kind of proud of what the team put together over those last week and a half. I really yeah. am. I, I wanted to see if we went down, we went down swinging. 
Uh, they played right up until the last second. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that it wasn't so bad losing that game seven was because for more than half the game, you kind of just felt it coming. The team came out with tons of energy for 15, 20 minutes, and then they played tired as fuck for the next 25 minutes. Yeah. They did not have, they just didn't have the legs. And it wasn't until the last couple minutes of that game where there was the mad scramble to see if they could tie it up uh, that it felt like they were even trying. And it was, it sucked. And I hate to say it, but it reminded me a lot of losing Stanley Cup final against the Blues, where it's just, you just felt it coming the whole fucking night. You couldn't get a bounce. No. We could not get a bounce. We couldn't or get a, a call. Yeah. We couldn't get a call to save our lives, but then we dealt with that the whole series. His home ice had the advantage in that. I'm not even going to begrudge the rest in that game seven. Sure. They basically waited until Carolina had the lead, then swallowed yeah. the whistle. Yeah. But let's be honest. Carolina was the better team in that game seven. Mm-hmm. It was a tightly contested game. Even when they had the two goal lead, I sat there and went, look, there's a chance and they fought for it. It's a huge disappointment. A lot of opinions have come out and a lot of anger and emotion. And it's totally acceptable. I personally am just bummed. I'm not angry at, I'm not angry at anyone. Mm-hmm. Felino, maybe. But other than that, no. Felino fought too. He did his. He really did everything he could. Felino probably had his best games of the season during that playoff series, which is da- which is I-, I can't tell if it's damning by faint praise or an actual compliment. It's damning by faint praise, unfortunately. But <laughs> I truly, truly thought this team fought against a team that was more skilled, that had home ice advantage, and that second change killed us, man. The second change just killed us. Mm-hmm. I believed until the very end and for unrelenting optimism, as much as I am, if I believe to the very end, I can accept a serious loss. And to your point, 2019 halfway through that St. Louis blues game that I did not, I wasn't a believer. Yeah. That, that was atrocious. And that's Mm -hmm. why that was such a disappointment. Mm -hmm. That's why you could be angry. I guess you could say about that one, but let's not revisit that though. Jesus, I'm going down a tunnel. We don't have to pile on all the misery right now, but yeah, (sighs) exactly. Who, who do you guys think was the, uh, the MVP of that series for the Bruins? Who, who held it together the most for us? Who, who do you think gave us? Oh my God. What a question. No one's asked that yet to me. What a great question. Good one. Uh, It's, I mean, is it Swayman? Swayman did. Swayman did kind of change the series, right? The ship, but we played better in front of him because he got the home games. Mm -hmm. Fuck. This is a really good one. Mm -hmm. I think he's a pretty obvious answer because there was a change of the tide. When he came in, there was a little bit, he just gave us that little bit of momentum because the first two games was garbage. Oddly enough, game seven, I thought was the best game on the road for that team. Yes. Uh, and I, and, and like you said, like there was some swallowing the whistle or whatever in game seven, but I wasn't going to blame the, the refing in game seven, the way that I was in prior fucking games in Carolina. Yeah. yeah. The refs decided the beginning of that series. I felt like the last two games, they kind of let the teams played out and Bruins got a good home win, a, a convincing home win. And then Carolina just snuck by that. Yeah. That was a grindy gutsy performance for, for the Bruins in that series, they just didn't have the stamina. I would rather the refs swallow the whistle, even if it's just for 40 minutes. If you you call a bunch of shit in the first, fine. But if it's a game seven, 
I'd rather you let the teams play, even if it was to our disadvantage. I would rather watch grown men play fucking hockey. And that's what they did for the last 40. And there were fines. There were egregious. There was a slew foot. There was an elbow to the head. It was egregious bullshit that happened the last 40 minutes on both sides. Let me be very clear about that. I would rather them go fucking at it mm-hmm. and finish the series like grown ass athletes. The, the, the elbowing for uh, Brendan Smith was atrocious, atrocious. And yeah, that could awful. have changed the game with the amount of time that was left when that happened. So that's the, slew that's foot the one on, that really stands out to me. The slew yes. foot, whatever. The but. slew foot by McAvoy on Brady Shea, though, also mm-hmm. egregious later yeah. in the game. But still, yeah. bro, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to my point. McAvoy is actually probably the proper answer. He was yeah. an absolute animal through the entire series. Never shied away from hitting to make a play or taking a hit to make a play. He's our. He was our best player in that series. Yeah. I was going to say either Marshawn or Forbort, but McAvoy oh my god, good. get well, go to the bathroom, <laughs> grab some soap, and wash your mouth out, you <laughs> son of a bitch. He was yeah. a very good third pairing defenseman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is not the MVP of the series. Yeah. Marshall, oh, you got to admit okay. that it was a com- <laughs> you got to admit it was a, a little bit of a coming out party the last couple of weeks for Forbort though. It was tremendous. It, it was, was tremendous. Uh, Ian, I remember something that you said a few weeks back, not a few weeks back, but a couple months back and I said, "God, I can't wait to be con- continuing to bitch about this 3-year, three, $3 million a year contract for the next mm. 3 years." Yeah. Are you still there? No, not even close. Not mm. even close and i want to tip my hat to forbort first of all and then to cassidy for getting him it took a few months which let's be honest none of us appreciate the time it takes to have it a professional athlete learn the system of a brand new team mm-hmm. that's my fault we're all too we're all guilty of this at times i was too quick to be like this guy doesn't fucking get it in november well, he didn't fucking get it because he was he was miscast on the top pair. Let's be. Let's, oh, sure. And, and I think that's big, a bigger thing than him not learning the system because you have other players like Lindholm co- who comes in and it's like he's been playing in that system since he was fucking peewees. Yeah, God, like he, Lindholm he was just, so, so good. good. He was different, so good. Completely different player, obviously, different caliber player. But yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Forboard Forboard started earning his money late in the season and. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any bad games in stretch, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I am so excited to watch a full season of Lindholm. You have no yeah. idea. That yeah, guy man. was fucking crazy for the last three games. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yep. And banged up, too, which we'll get to in a little bit. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're seeing now that the season's over, you're going to start seeing a lot of things start coming out from that locker room a little bit more. Uh, ad- a little bit more from the team just admitting what was bothering them, but we'll want to start with Lindholm here. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. So Lindholm had a knee injury. Uh, he, I mean, he suffered it against Detroit. It was an awkward check into the boards where his knee just sort of turned into turned into the sideboard mm-hmm. and it looks like they don't know if it's going to be surgery. They've been very cagey about whether or not it's going to need some sort of procedure, but it may just be rest and relax, rest and recuperation yeah. for him. Um, that's all. That's, that's pretty much it. The knee injury. It was just, it, it wasn't like the concussion. Like it, it felt like the concussion. It felt like he really dodged a bullet with that concussion. Yeah. 
Um, but well, we don't know yet, though. We also don't. He played a few great games after that. I lingering effects, man. You just hope that he's still taking that very seriously. Mm-hmm. I have just recently because uh, Tiffany went through a whole concussion. Uh, <laughs> workplace incidents, guys. Um, she took a table to the head. I don't know if we talked about this. Previously. You mentioned that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, apparently, get what, the you do, what you do after the first like week after that concussion is super fucking important. Yeah. <laughs> In hindsight, I've looked back and go, oh, I have a ton of lingering head issues. I wonder if it's because I've had like four concussions and never taken any of them seriously. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Uh, I do hope that Lindholm doesn't have any lingering stuff with that. The knee, though, isn't it? Doesn't it kind of make you think of Coil where he went through a whole season without getting the procedure and mm-hmm. like he finally did it. And they're already talking uh, not to skip around. Marshan's already talking about like, I don't know if I need surgery for a couple things. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that in a second, but I hate that answer. I hate the, yeah. well, we're not sure. Maybe it's just a rest and relaxation. Yeah. Well, I mean, all that really tells me is if it wasn't during the time that this injury happened for Lynn Holm, if that was like a mid season injury, he would have took more time off. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Like maybe he wasn't a hundred percent with that leg uh, coming back, but it was the playoffs and you're not going to keep that fucking dude off the ice. No. Right. So obviously concussion is totally different story, but we're talking, we're talking the knee right now. I don't know if he's going to need surgery, but maybe it's just something that he needs to chill uh, this summer, a little bit extra and see where it's at in the camp. But if they evaluate that in the next two weeks or so, and it's something that they were even considering surgery on it, I say, just fuck do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sooner he's back, the better. Even we're if talking, it's not until December. Yeah, we're talking first year of an eight-year deal. Yeah, let's no. try to let's try to prolong your health as yes. long as we can. But. Exactly. Uh, and you just touched on Marsh uh, Marshawn. So Ian, why don't you take the lead on that one? So AC joint, which I believe is the shoulder. Yeah, that's uh, the Hathaway hit. Fucking nailed it. Which happened midway through the season. Yeah. And we talked about this ad nauseum about. I don't think Marshan's right. I think he's nursing an injury. We knew it. We all knew it. The casual fan knew it. Yeah. He was nursing something. He still fought like a motherfucker. Yeah. This guy does not rest. He does not take breaks. He just goes for it. He, again, is not sure what the procedure is, if there even needs to be one. Not to mention, he also has a hip issue that came out, which, again, they're not sure about the procedure to take. I have no clue how we got out of the season and every doctor's just like, oh, maybe. I'm sure (laughs) that they're between doctor's visits and they're trying to get second opinions. So that's why we're there. Right. I would assume Martian gets at least one between the two, one procedure done and might miss some time to open the season again. Look, if you miss a couple weeks to open the season, who cares? Who cares? If we put ourselves in that much of a hole that we have issues elsewhere. Right. And then the last one was uh, was Grizz's shoulder dislocation. Probably the most obvious one the last couple weeks. Um, I know we've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast, but uh, certainly explains a lot. Yeah, when it comes to that last series. I know a lot of fans aren't trying to hear it because he was still out there. He was still playing, but it's, it's hard to be a physical guy in a physical game when you're blown up on half of your body. Yeah. 
Well, it's two things. It's it's the pain of it, right? It is the thought that if I take a hit there, I'm out for the series. Yeah. It's, uh, the mental side might actually be worse than the pain. Mm-hmm. Well, that does bring up a question. Should he have even played? Yeah. I, I mean, if he walks into Cassidy's office and says, no, 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 like, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. You're playing your third, maybe fourth best defenseman in that series. Mm-hmm. If, if you're the coach, you don't even second guess that. Doctors are like, yeah, I mean, it's not going to get worse. It's just going to really hurt. Mm-hmm. But you, you go, all right, if you think you can play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But second guessing comes because he was benched in game seven, though. Right. Yes. Exactly. So then, then you turn seven. around. Yes. Uh, but then you're able to kind of turn around with a little bit more ammunition and be like, okay, well, if he didn't play the two most important games, why do you play any of them? I don't think it's fair. And I don't think this is what you guys are doing. I don't think it's fair to critique Cassidy on the decision to play him. Maybe as long as he did, sure. Mm-hmm. But for at least the first three games, if that guy's saying he can go, you're going, yeah. I yeah. mean, this is this guy has been someone we've leaned on all year. Yeah. Like I'm not kicking him off the ice. Yeah, well, I agree with that. Well, a lot of a lot of this a lot of this discourse is coming from a certain section of the fan base who's just waiting to pounce on the kid. Yes. Which is unreal to me, but but it's not undeserved at this point. Yeah. We are talking two years that have ended with us talking about Grizzly. Because he was a liability in the series that ended our season. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. I, obviously, we have to take the injury into account. The question I want to ask is, does this injury explain away this year? Does it completely go, you know what? This is this year. You can talk about the Islanders series if you want. We're not talking about this Carolina series with Chris. We're not holding on him. I mean, for me, maybe not because he made that decision to go out there. Um, but... I, it explains a lot. I'll, I'll say it explains a lot, but I, I will say it doesn't explain it away, if that makes sense. Let me rephrase then. Mm-hmm. Because the mental thing, look, if it were you or me or Thomas, we would, we want to play, man. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I'm hurting. I want to play. Yeah. Do you think 100% healthy this guy could have been in that series? Oh, 100%. 100%. I do. Thomas? I, I mean, I would like to believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm closer to you. I, he, this by far was the most challenging year. I'm a Grizz guy. This mm-hmm. was the most challenging year to maintain being a Grizz guy throughout. So the playoffs, obviously it's, it sucked. It was not fun to watch him play. Uh, starting with when we started talking about his, uh, shitty pinch, the other, the other game. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, what was that game? Game two, game, game one, two, was it game two? Yeah. Uh, that was kind of the first noticeable time where I was like, this might be a liability. His speed might be overmatched. Strength's um, neutralized. Then, yeah, well, there was no strength, unfortunately, no. in his game. And now that we find out that he was playing with a blown out shoulder, sure, that makes a little bit more sense. But his shoulder wasn't blown out the entire season. And he didn't have that great of a year. He had some ups and some downs, and it felt like more downs than than I'd like to admit typically. Um, so yeah, he was I'd, playing with this for four months. You, is that a documented fact though, that it was four months of this? It, it was suffered during the Winnipeg game. Okay. Yeah. So a good, a good amount of time. So I'd probably have to dive deeper and kind of look at where he was at at the beginning of the year. But if you think about it, the first couple months of this team was pretty much dog shit. Anyways, we were a 500 team. 
Yeah. yeah. It wasn't until it wasn't until the new year that we started putting it together. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm very much with you on that. I think at best I have a raised eyebrow at Grizzly. Yeah. And at worst, I'm kind of seeing if any other team is interested. There oh, it would be negligence not to not to kick uh kick the tires on that. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's we know someone in this offseason on the left side is getting moved. Mm-hmm. We know it's not Lindholm and we know it's or we're pretty, pretty sure it's not Forbort because he has that no move clause. Mm-hmm. That leaves Riley and Grizz and Zaboral, who's coming off an ACL tear. Yeah, uh, it leaves Riley and Grizz. There's conversations and we're going to have an episode where we really dive into this. Obviously, we're not doing it now because we're still very very open wounds. We're very raw and vulnerable people. We're so vulnerable right now. <laughs> I just, I'm glad to see that you guys are also, you have the, the gears turning on the Grizz situation because Andrew in particular has been Grizz truther through and through, but we yes. have to ask some questions right now. We have that's, to. that's just it though. I am, I am a huge fan of Grizzlick's game. I love how he plays. I love I, when he's on, I love watching the way that he defends. It's a mod. He Grizz is the modern defenseman, smaller, shiftier stick position, skate position, intelligence being cerebral. That being said, if somebody comes to Sweeney's door and says, Hey, we'll give you X, Y, Z. And it's a and it's a good deal that works for both teams. Why wouldn't you explore that? Oh, there are no top, sacred, if it's a top six right wing, I take that all day. Fuck there's it, no sacred cows. <laughs> there's no sacred cows. If Wayne Gretzky can be traded, Matt fucking Grizzle can be traded. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, there's a lot of financials that went into that Gretzky bullshit, but yeah, I, I, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is Grizzly is like the Walmart brand Kale McCarr if the Walmart is on fire. Like, I get you. I get what you're saying. Okay. That sounds like I'm, I'm that, that sounds like the worst description I've ever heard. No, I think that's exactly what you said. You nailed no, it. No, I'm <laughs> saying, I'm saying, I'm saying that Matt Grizzlick is the Malto meal version of Kale McCarr. You know, those big giant bags of cereal that cost two bucks. Yeah. If they were on fire. Yeah. I yes. get it. Yeah, yeah. That's what you just said. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what you said verbatim. Yeah, yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you Clip just that. touched on Clip that. <laughs> you just touched on, uh, so you just touched on Zaboral. Extended. Love thoughts. it. Thoughts? I, yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason to not like it. Uh, it's good money. It's extending a player that we did see a lot coming out of uh, in the earlier parts of the year. I thought he was I, I thought he was kind of stepping into a possible top four role. Uh, we'll see how he comes back from this injury. I think it may take a little bit of time. He's probably yeah. going to see more time in Providence, stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately, hit the little a little bit of the reset button on his development. Obviously, but uh, nothing, nothing to dislike for a this. while. He has, but yeah. but non-contact and everything. So that's, that's going to be the medicine. Test. Yeah, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Beautiful thing. So yeah, no no qualms with that. Beecher signs an ELC. Uh, your question Ooh, here. Your, your question yeah. here on the talking points. Where is he next year? Providence. Uh, yeah, he's in Providence. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I, yeah. I'm confused why this was even a question. Uh, folks, Beecher has has an upside. 
Uh, he didn't show it very much in college. We've talked about this on the show before. Showed uh, it a little he, more in Providence, strangely. He started he started very high in his pro career. I have a question because okay. I, I don't understand what the fuck I'm seeing on social media, which is nothing new. I am seeing this take and a couple people have said it that actually have like a following. Hey, I think Beecher is going to be a better pro than he was an amateur. How the fuck does that work? Didn't we didn't we kind of touch on that though? Can we touch on it again? I don't know what the fuck is happening. Like, hey, this guy wasn't great in college, but when you put him up against the elite of the world, mm-hmm. he's going to really shine. Yep. Seriously, like what the fuck are we doing? I want Beecher to surprise us all and go actually I sucked in college because I wanted to. I am a top six setter and I can go, all right, I'll buy your Jersey right now. Mm. Fuck. Yes. But he's, and also what a weird way to, what a weird way to do your stock there, bud. That's not very strange. (laughs) Very weird. Hey, good on you though. You're fucking galaxy braining it. Look, I want him to surprise us. And I was a huge beacher guy literally a year ago. The size, the speed, the just the ability to forecheck when he wants to. It's tools versus toolbox. I watched a year of him decide not to compete, decide not to be the effort guy, Hmm. not drive a line, not make the smart play. Like, I don't know, man. I want him to succeed. He'll probably be a a good bottom six center. I think so. I think he, he has the tools to be a good bottom six center. But he's not a top six guy, and I don't understand anyone who is driving the point that this guy belongs in the NHL right now. It's blind faith. That's all it is. It's just oh yeah, sure. Yeah, it's 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 shiny new toy. It's it's that type of thing, folks. We have to develop a player like this. He is not. He's not somebody who's just going to step onto the NHL roster by like end of November, the second there's an injury, and he's going to stick. Well, it's just not there. Let's be honest. The, the the state of the Bruins organization, there's not really anybody who's ready to jump in and be a top a top six forward period. Well, well, I, is right there. I'm just saying. You, do right you there. think he's going to see NHL time next year? Oh yes, yes, I do. I think he'll. I I hot take. I don't know how hot this take is. He makes the team by January in sticks. Okay. Holy shit. That is, I, I was going to be like, Hey, he comes in and plays some time on the right wing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't ready to say he sticks for like a, a second half of the season run. He, That's gets a, a hot he, get, take. he gets a few months in Providence and kills it. Goes in, um, and sticks in January sticks in the new year. Oh my God. We're winning the cup next yeah. year. Holy oh shit. God. I would what love I that done? for him, but yeah. <laughs> I would love that for him. But yeah. what about the center position? Yeah, well, that's well, kind of really I, what I was talking about. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I don't want really. to. <laughs> I mean, like, who? I mean, like, who do we have? Who do we have in the system that that is a center? And Stanika is going to make a push, guys. He's finally <laughs> going to do it. Okay, now he has to gain thirty pounds. Yeah. God, Stanika was such a fun meme for so long. Mm-hmm. I had like four awesome months out of that. You know what was? You know what was wild though? He apparently lost all of the weight during the course of the season. <laughs> Well, probably because it was fucking hard. The schedule, people underrate how hard that schedule is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, oh. three straight games on the weekend and then six, five days off. 
Yeah. AHL's AHL's no joke, man. Yeah. But but uh, I that's, mean, that's where we we're going to see this? Beecher. That's where we're going to hopefully see uh, a number of these prospects. And uh, Providence may be a little bit loaded next year. So can I have a speed round question for you guys real quick? I don't want to sure. take a lot of time on this. Is anyone surprised that Lauco didn't see really any significant time in the NHL this year? Also, hot take, he was actually pretty awful last this year in Providence. I mean, he really wasn't good. Like, I really thought I, I should phrase this differently. I thought going into the season, he would make a push and at least see some bottom six time. He is very talented. He's got swagger. He's got confidence. He's got speed. He's got offensive acumen. I mean, he's made of glass, unfortunately. But. He is made of glass, and he his, his two-way game is not great and, and not even passable to like have like an offense that makes up for it. Mm. I would like to, I would like to see him go through a whole entire season without busting up his leg. Yeah. I, I regret saying he's made a glass because that feels rude. He is very vulnerable to injuries. I said that in a really rude way. Yeah. Uh, well, we, yeah. We got the point. We got the I point. Mean, reality is reality though. The guy gets right. injured constantly. That shoulder has been d- just creamed. Yeah. Shoulder, ankle, knee, Oh, Name one. Brutal. Bad luck for the kid. I, hope, I, mean, I really hope he turns it around. There's no doubt that he took a step back in his development this year. I don't know if I'm willing to say it was only because of the injuries, though. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I, I actually really liked how Mujanel ran the team, too. I thought it was a good change. I thought we saw a lot out of Providence. They were a playoff caliber team. Uh, it fell a little bit short against the Islanders, but... I have good, to eat crow. Good coach, man. Go ahead. I thought, I thought, I forgot about this. I said that Providence wouldn't even compete for a playoff spot. Yeah. Remember they, that? They hung in there the whole time, man. They hung in and then they had a hot streak near the end and they, they pushed their way in. I forgot that I totally shit all over Providence. Uh, to be fair, some guys that I thought would make a jump never did to yeah. the NHL. So, you know, That's no, why it's, hard to, it's hard to predict an NHL team making a fucking real run because of that. I gotta be honest. I can't even make that excuse because you look at our squad over the past year, and there's so many veteran guys in front that you're like, yeah. outside of massive injuries, who was going to make a leap? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was wrong. Providence did make a nice push there. They they didn't didn't finish it off or or really get it going in the playoffs, but yeah, they they made them. Providence was fun. Providence was fun this year, mm-hmm. and it's going to be even more fun because we're going to have full seasons of guys like Merkulov. Yep. Merkulov. Yep. Is an interesting case. There's people that say he's not ready next year. There's people that say, I don't know, he should see some time up there. The guy can fucking shoot. I'm just saying. I just had a very spirited discussion with Kevin O'Keefe, who thinks he's going to be a firm top six center. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even thinking put him in the center position. I I was going to toss him on the wing, but yeah, all right. He's a natural centerman. Uh, Yeah. uh, That's, and actually, this goes back to what Thomas said about the, the depth of center. How many natural centermen come up and just have to get moved to the wing because they have all these tools, but center has got to be a top three hardest position to play mm. in the NHL. Maybe number two. I still say number one is a goalie, but that's mm. just me. I'm with Kevin in the sense that I just want to see it try. There's no mm. harm in giving it a shot. I don't know if he's cemented in the top six necessarily, but mm-hmm. uh, it's he's, He's got the skill set. Let's take a look. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm with Kevin. I think Kevin's probably a little bit more hopeful and optimistic about it than I am at the moment. But I'm not I'm not going to shake a stick at it. 
Yeah, Kevin, you fucking idiot. Optimism. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> uh, I think we've uh, danced around this for long enough. Initial reactions. What's Bergeron's situation? Where's he going? Uh, home or here? <laughs> That's yeah. all I got. Yeah, I believe 50-50 right now. You do not stop when you're this close to 1,000 points, right? Come on. You're so close to 1,000 points. Oh, mm-hmm. How far away is he? Like fucking 16. 16. Okay. I was going to say 40 because I'm an idiot. And I don't remember stats and stuff. I, I He's got to come back for one last season. Please. Excuse me. Please, George mm-hmm. Run. Uh, 18. Please, Bergeron, come back. Please. Fucking. I will die. I'll actually die. I'll actually die. Bergeron, listen to this. I'll actually die. <laughs> I don't think I don't think points in totals is going to be something that changes his mind if, or sway, uh, sways him one way or the other. Uh, it's if he's healthy, if he feels like he can do it again, I think he'll do it. Um, but there's a good chance that he walks. It's the end of a contract. It's clean. Uh, it's disappointing for it to come at the end of a first round exit, but the dude, the dude, every single year, he gets destroyed by the end of the season, fights through it, has the summer with his kids, comes back like a fucking warrior. Like he is, there's no way around it. He had an offensive drop off this year. He played phenomenal defense. He's, if he doesn't win the Selkie, I'm going to be fucking livid. But if he doesn't win the Selkie this year, like, do you think the Selkie is going to influence him coming back? No, I don't think he cares about the Selkies at this point. At this point, I think he fully knows that that title should be or that trophy should be named after him at this point. Yeah, yeah. He, he would knows. never believe that, though. That's what's so great about the guy. You fucking he know. Would, he thinks it in his mind. He ain't nope. going to say he's too classy. Nope. He, I bet he doesn't. I bet he sits there and goes, ah, oh, it's just a lot of great players to the history of the game. The Selkie is the Selkie, man. Like, you know. That that's what Bergeron. God, I might actually sob like a little bitch when he retires. I can't handle it right now. I can't. Mm-hmm. He has to come back for one more year. This guy has been everything, everything that the Bruins stand for for decades. I really I'm do think ready. he comes back. I really do think he comes back for one more year. I think he does too. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just so not ready to lose Bergeron, man. It's this team's not ready to lose him. He's a part of the family. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I, I'm not ready. Yeah. It's like losing a parent, man. I can't do it. It's not literally like that. Please don't fucking come for me. But it's like <laughs> losing a parent, man. It's, yeah. uh, Bergeron, I believe, is the, Bergeron is the dad. Yeah, I believe he comes back. That's my stance. I'm sorry. I rambled yeah. on. I'm just emotional right now. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. There's no chance he plays for any other team. He basically said so much. Um, I think one year is certainly possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily for hitting any sort of point plateaus or records. Uh, it would just be if he thinks that this team can compete and if he's healthy enough, if he has the support of his family, I think you see one more. And I don't even think it's about like a whole uh, victory lap or goodbye tour or anything. Cause he's like not that. like that. No, he's not like that. And also let's be honest, hardcore hockey fans all over the country know what this fucking guy is, but he's not a superstar. He's never been a superstar in this league. So it's not like teams, Minnesota fans aren't going to come out and be like, oh, this is Bergeron's last time coming to the, uh, the wilds arena. 
You know what I mean? Like it's not, he's not an OV. He's not, he's not even a Crosby type. Like he's a hall of famer though. He after 100% first ballot, but you know what? I don't think he, I don't think he's drawing anybody like that. You know what I mean? That's an interesting point that he was never a superstar. No, he was always one of the most well-respected players in the league, but never a superstar. That's interesting. I I never thought of it like that. Let me put this in, in a, in a different perspective. Uh, I'm going to throw out a term here coming from like a, a musical background and all that stuff. My goal for my bands was always to be a band's band. Mm-hmm. I didn't what give a shit if man. people came out and, and loved the show and all that stuff. And we had tons of fans. I cared more about the other bands that were playing with us. I wanted them to be like, that's the type of fucking band I want to be in. That's but, a band's band. And I think that's what Bergeron in. I think he's a hockey player's player. Yes. And Love on that, that point, Love that. it's a great point. But here's the thing. He might not be a superstar, but not a single hockey fan alive doesn't know who Bergeron is. If he announced, hey, this is my last year, that fills arenas. I don't like I could just I can't disagree with you enough on that part. People will want to see the last time Bergeron played in Minnesota, in Detroit, in wherever. I think he's that important to the game. He was the new age Joe Sackick, man. Everyone just respected and just just wanted to. I'd love to play with that guy someday. That's mm-hmm. what comes out of players' mouths. That's a band's fan. That's point. what I'm talking about. Exactly. But mm-hmm. fans feel that. When, you have, when you're a fan of Detroit and Todd Bertuzzi is your guy and you're sitting there like, fucking, uh, and then he sits there and goes, well, Bergeron, I'd love to play with that guy. You still sit there and go like, yeah, fuck yeah, Bertuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, that's, still, you're still a prick, but yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> that matters. And we do not have enough players in this league that are feel-good players. Just this year, the best player in the league said, well, I, I, I don't give a shit what Evander Kane has going off going on off the ice. I just want him here so we can win. Yeah. Like Connor McDavid, the face of the league basically went like, well, fuck what's going on outside. I know there's a bunch of controversy about what Kane did or did not do, but you can't tell me that's a good look. No, we don't have enough guys in this league that you can root for in every aspect of the game. And mm-hmm. Bergeron's that guy. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that if he announced a final season, People across the fucking globe would go, you know what? I'd love to see him play in his last season. Mm-hmm. Personal opinion. I'm not yeah. saying you're wrong. I just really feel like he's that bad. Also, Thomas, to your point of him dropping off offensively, he definitely did. But I would like to have a career where I drop off offensively and still have 65 points in 73 yeah. games. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think Bergeron might actually be pretty good at hockey, honestly. Weird yeah. take, I know, but I think he's pretty solid. Yeah, I I know he's never scored 80 good. points in a season. Yeah. yeah. Although I will say there are some takes out there that if Bergeron comes back, can you get a 1C and put him at 2C, which I think Bergeron would accept. I truly believe. Paul Bergeron Pasternak? I mean, that would be... <laughs> Who, wait, who's on the top line? Hurdle? Is it Hurdle? Did we get Hurdle? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like that. I, I honestly think like yeah, Mark Sheffley. What if he's an aging 2C who's still fucking legit? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard to get a 1C in free agency. So, like, obviously, it's a pipe dream. But yeah, it's also apparently pretty hard to get it in a draft. We're in trouble. <laughs> We're in trouble if he could, if he does retire next oh, year. Oh, yeah. Next oh, year yeah. completely hinges on him coming back. Mm-hmm. Yes. If he does not come back. I, we have 
so many holes filled. We have three top six wingers. We have six defensemen that we all really like. Like our defense is taken care of. Golden is taken care of. Our bottom six needs some work, but we have three high-end bottom six guys in Howla, Coyle, and Smith. But we have nothing down the middle as your top six if, if he retires. Howla did serve. Uh, Andrew, I know you're itching to yell at me about Howla. He did a good job in the regular season. He's not a championship team to see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just think if you want to be a championship team and Bergeron retires, you need two top six centers, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is a guy playing in the Czech Republic who is who, you know, might be getting a little bit of a recruitment from David Pasternak. Uh, I hate that I made this joke two months ago <laughs> and uh, now we're doing it again. And I hear myself through what you're doing right now. Uh, Fuck I've you. Spending to, <laughs> I'm holding up a mirror to your face. Seriously, I'm, say, I'm saying fuck me. You honestly. hate me because I'm you. Krejci <laughs> <laughs> is not coming back. Yeah. But is he though? No. Fuck you. <laughs> no, he's not. But is but, he? But how cool would that be, right? All right, now I'm swayed. I'm in. He gave me all the facts I needed. Krejci's <laughs> back, baby. <laughs> Man, you're um, easy. I'm so tired. I've heard that. that before. I've heard I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> so overall, everybody, uh, the three of us agree that Bergeron comes back for one more year. I mean, yes. none of us can disagree because the collective heartbreak would be what people what's, would lose their lives. What's well, your What's it. your percentage? Let's put a percentage mark on it for each of us. How confident we are he comes back? Yeah, 50%. 86%. 86. I'm, why? I'm very confident. I'm very confident. I'm it's closer to 65. Number. I'm, I think he comes back, but there is, there's a decent seed of doubt uh, planted in my mind more so than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's everything's so fresh right now. You're, you're just kind of down on the team. You're, you're disappointed. Like hockey just got taken from us and don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch the rest of these Stanley cup finals and, and playoffs and all that stuff, because this is the best time of the year as a hockey fan in general, it just sucks that your team's out of it. So there's, there's some pain involved. There's a little bit of salt sure. in my, in, in my open wound right now. So mm-hmm. how relaxing is it to watch hockey right now though? You can just watch you, you, just, who cares? You can just yeah. watch good games. Yeah. <laughs> like it's disappointing, but you could also sit there and be like, Fuck, this is the Avs fucking uh, Blues game last night. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that was awesome. Yeah. I, I, I did it's not. It's less stressful. Enough. Yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. less stressful to watch. It's less stressful, but I hate watching Jordan Bennington succeed. Oh, he yeah. was so good. He was so fucking good. It was incredible. I hated it too. Last thing I'll say about the Bergeron stuff, because we have to move on. Mm-hmm. If he does retire, if there is anyone who gets mad at him about it, mm-hmm. send me your address because you deserve a fucking ass kicking. If this guy decides, hey, I want to retire with my health, which he's been through, I don't know if you remember, he's been through some pretty gnarly shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If the guy says, hey, I have a family, I'm ready to leave the game, just like Krejci did. He didn't fucking quit on the team. I just need to make that very clear because there's people out there who will say it. And uh I will fight on site, baby. That's that's <laughs> we're dropping the mitts and sucking tits. Let's go. 
I can see the argument for for Krejci because he continued his career, but he wanted to do it at home. He wanted to do it for less money and raise his kids where he wanted to. Yeah, um, fine. Which, fine with that. This would be a totally different situation because I do not see Bergeron leaving the Boston area. I think he's so intertwined with what he does off the ice and his family does off the ice. I think he is. Re- he's going to retire a Boston Bruin, whether it's in another couple of weeks or a year from now or two, well, maybe even two years from now. Who the fuck knows? And he will but hang in the will banners. Do it. Ugh, him he himself. Do, him himself will hang. Yes, in the that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. He's going to retire Bruin and that ultimately, whenever he does that, there's no, there's no better way to honor this fan base. So the one or two fucking people on our timelines who will be bitching about Bergeron quitting on this team or walking away at the wrong time. Easy way to get unfollowed and dragged. Easy way. Yeah. Also send me your address because I will show up and kick your ass. I'm just I did love his exit interview where uh, Matt Porter of the Boston Globe was like, do you see yourself playing anywhere else? And before you even finish the question, he was like, no, no, no. So fuck you, Tony Amane. Yeah, I am going (laughs) to sob like a little bitch when he retires. I'm going to sob. If there's a good, good chunk of our, of our childhood has been watching him. Mm-hmm. Be a be a star for this fucking team and and an ambassador for this team. He like you said before, like he's everything that the Bruins represent. He's everything we want the Bruins to be represented by. Yeah. Yeah. Better point. I think that's a better way to phrase that. Honestly, like, we want to move on to the uh, aforementioned exit interviews. Uh, should we have a little debrusque talk? Just a little bit. I mean, it's that's kind of step one, I guess, for the exit interviews. Oh, that's interviews. a good point. That's a good yeah. point. So he, uh, he refused. Some, to answer it, there were some interesting tidbits that came from some of these interviews. Yeah. Let's start with DeBrusque. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. So DeBrusque said, "Quote: I haven't thought about it when he was asked uh, if he's going to stay in Boston or how does he feel about potentially staying in Boston." Said, "Quote: I haven't thought about it to be honest with you. It was kind of nice to not think about it since the deadline. I've been spending lots of times with the boys. Uh, it's been two days. I'll go back home with my family, go over the year more thoroughly. I guess." then kind of make the call from there. That's kind of where I'm at. Perfect answer. Mm-hmm. Great. He has yeah. basically admitted that he's at least thinking about it. He didn't say anything about, no, I still want to get the fuck out of this town. Not that he was going to say that because again, as I've said multiple times on this podcast, he has done everything the right way since mm-hmm. that, since that request came out. Yes. He's never yes. said anything negative. He's never thrown a coach particularly under the bus. He's never said anything about his teammates that wasn't fucking glowing and he worked his ass off. He was one of our best players in the, in the downstretch. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Whether he decides he still wants to take this trade or be on the, on the block and potentially move, or if he wants to rescind his trade request and he wants to stick it out through this extension that he signed at the deadline. I'm good either way because we got what we wanted out of him and he's done it the right way. And we were just talking glowingly about the way that Bergeron handles his business. I have no problem with how Ber- or, uh, DeBrusque handles his business. And and you know what? I know that there's going to be people listening to this who are pissed off because Ian, you said it best months ago. If you, if somebody asks for a trade from your, your team, it hurts. There's no way around it. Like somebody doesn't want to play for my team. That sucks to hear because then you just wonder What's the level of disconnect in that locker room? Is it just him or is there multiple people who have these problems yeah. that Who's are at fault? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I feel like DeBrusque handled his business, did it in a professional way. The kid grew up. I think he might be drinking water. I'm not sure. <laughs> I cannot confirm that. But 
whether he decides he wants to go or he wants to stay, I'm good with it either way because he has earned himself whatever he wants. And if we do get to trade him, his value went up. And that was ultimately all we asked for. I loved it. I loved what he said. He wasn't, he was very just straight ahead, straightforward. And that's, and there's, it's been no change from what he's been all year. Um, well, 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 <laughs> I mean, that, well, I mean, I guess I thought he got better in the second half of the year. Yeah, First okay, line yeah, or did. not, I thought the effort. I'm no, I'm not talking about the play on the ice. I'm talking about, I'm not oh, talking about the play on the ice. I'm talking about, um, you know, talking about this where mm-hmm. he's been kind of, where he's been pretty direct mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, and when he, he talked about it, when he was ready to talk about it and when he was ready to talk about it, he talked about it and he was Suck honest. Haggerty. Yes, I'm so glad I was going to say that <laughs> fucking three minutes ago, but I was like, you know what? I'll wait. I'll wait my turn. Yes, yeah. thank you. Suck it, Haggerty is that's an, the, that's the new tagline for season three of the pod. That's actually the <laughs> whole purpose of this podcast is Haggerty's so bad at his job. We thought someone needed to step up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, no, I I love the answer. I love what he said. Love what, and love love how he's carrying himself, but. I mean, I guess the elephant in the room is with all of the, all of this log jam and all of this uncertainty in the top center position, like what do you get in a DeBrusque trade? Yeah. He's moved this off season, I think. And what, what, what percentage do you put on that? A 69, nice. 8%. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's definitely, I really, really, really believe that he's moved this offseason. We need the cap space. We're going to move a left defense as well. They're going to heavily, heavily, heavily invest in offense. Does he leave a gap when he's gone? Yeah, I think he does. I think it's mutually beneficial for him to move on. Mm-hmm. But that opinion of mine, which there's no further explanation to, but that opinion comes from a completely separate place than I am so proud of the way he finished the season. Yep. Thomas said it all. I'm not going to repeat all of it, but the guy put his head down. He worked. He did what he could to benefit the organization. There should be zero complaints about what he did. This is a guy, yeah, pretty good playoffs. I mean, especially when you talk about your bottom nine, really drying up for the most part. Yeah. But this is a guy who said, hey, I want out. I'm not happy. I'm not getting put where I believe I deserve to be put. All of this. He was frustrated. You know how embarrassing it is to walk into a locker room after that story gets leaked? And all of your all of the people that you love and enjoy and that you know love and enjoy you. He's very popular in that locker room very popular and you have to walk in there every day and everyone's looking at you and still kind of going like man it's weird right like you're trying to leave you can hate your job and love your co-workers yeah Yeah. you put your two weeks in and you're not sure if you're even going to get to leave in two weeks and then you have to finish out another two months and the coach the guy who's in charge of everything the biggest reason that you're probably leaving right and it's not man to man. It's it's business. It's employee to boss. It's different. Yeah. But that's your bosses. You know, the, the, the boss is an asshole, right? He had Every, nothing but glowing things to say about Jake DeBrusque. And he did. Know. And Jake DeBrusque earned every one of those comments. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And it, how you just said how embarrassing it must be to walk back into that locker room. That was one of the things that stuck with me when Haggerty was like, how the hell aren't you saying something in the media and, and explaining yourself? He doesn't fucking have to, first of all. What That's he does us. have to do is to walk into the locker room and say, hey, folks, this is what's going on. And, and just man up. And just be his, be himself, and explain it to his friends in that team. Explain it to anybody who he may have an issue with in that room, per mm-hmm. possibly his coaching. It's mm-hmm. got to be the coaching, and we so, know it's the coach. There's, there's we, no way we know it's that. the coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's no other reason in my. So opinion. he deserves but so much I think, respect. I think he walked in there and and did the right thing for his teammates, and he did it on the ice too. Yeah. He told who needed to be told, and yep. Haggerty got his his you know yeah he got fucking roasted yeah. also who was the guy who went to the center of the fucking slot the most in that mm-hmm. series is carolina Grand who Grand spent the most time taking fucking damage yep. trying to score goals and this is even on the away games where this the stall line was smothering us we could barely get into the offensive zone but every time we did debrusque was fucking there trying to fight for space an undersized winger like come on like the guy fought for it. Is he going to get moved this offseason? Absolutely. Is he my favorite player fucking ever? No. But this guy fucking fought for it. Yep. God, I respect what he did. I'd have a hard time doing that, man. I want to be out. I want to fucking leave. I'd have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure if he's moved, but I'm, I'm, I, it's obviously going to, it has to, it, just like with the Grizzly situation, it's a subject that has to be broached. Yep. Sweeney's been very clear about wanting to keep him, whether that's a trade, like a little bit of a, yeah, there's some strategy to thing. it. Yeah. Strategy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he does mean it. He's like, I'm not, I wouldn't be mad about having to brusque my team next year. No, mm-hmm. neither would I, but I do think he should be moved. I think it'd be mutually beneficial. I, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be heartbroken. If he goes, I'm not going to be heartbroken. If he stays. I am going to cherish my DeBrus jersey, even if he was moved, though. Yep. I really do respect the way that he went through this last couple of months. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else, a little bit uh, of a malcontent, I guess. <laughs> Anton <laughs> Bleed. I've had a couple of them, actually. Yeah. Anton Bleed, <laughs> uh, his comments uh, in his exit interview saying, I didn't sign here to sit in the press box. Which, first of all, good for him. Yep. Good for him to come right out and say that. Um, second of all, uh, I would really like to see, I would really like to, I really would have liked to have seen him re-up, but I think with Foligno blocking his path, mm-hmm. I think he has, I think he has every right to be mad and he's going to sign somewhere else and they're going to give him an opportunity and he's going to give the, he's going to give them what he gave us, you know, tenacity on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Do I think bleeding fully, uh, uh, fully uh, bleed not playing over Foligno was a big part of why we lost? No, but I think bleed, I think bleed definitely has a case because he played well whenever, whenever his name was called, he played well. And the nosebleed line, the first half of the year, bleed no sick Lazar, yeah, was really good. That was fun to watch. So, look, I, I think you may be onto something, honestly. I think uh, watching Foligno in front of him, uh, just not not playing well for a very long stretch of time, but still getting the benefit of the doubt uh, mm-hmm. from the coaching, still getting the playing time over him. That's definitely going to add to the frustration. I don't think he would be as irritated with his situation if somebody was playing in front of him, somebody was a step in front of him in line uh, and, and playing well and doing doing something with that opportunity. 
I think Blig feels like he has more to give and did not see a uh, good enough play in front of him from Felino to necessitate him sitting on his ass. He worked himself from an AHL lifer to a viable NHL option. Mm-hmm. Option, and, I think, is a is a good term to make sure that's there. I yeah. don't know. If, I don't know if he's always going to be. I don't know if he's in a lineup. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he's a full timer. But he. But working yourself from somebody who's probably going to spend your spend your life in the minors to a viable NHL option that is a huge step, and he yep. worked himself into that. He made the opening night roster. He worked his ass off. Yeah, yeah. So he is completely justified yeah. in how he feels. What do you think, Ian? Well, you guys made the perfect point here where he is an option for the NHL and he's trying to maximize his prime. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I am an option for an NHL player. I need to be making NHL money. I need to be part of a team because, look, athletes have this. Most of them have a six year window. Like you would think about it, this 15 year career, the guys we love. No, like a lot of these yeah. guys have this That's small window to make a career out of this. And this guy's sitting here in his, what, mid to late 20s? I don't remember exactly his age. I think he's like 27. Yeah, somewhere around there. And he's sitting there going, I'm watching a guy worse than me play. Yeah. Look, I two things can be true. That coaching staff can be handicapped to the point where they have to play some of these guys. It can happen. Felino is a perfect example. And a guy can be, you know, legitimately deserving of, of surpassing that guy in the league. Bleed should move on. And I hope he does. And I hope he gets real playing time wherever he goes. Yep. Yeah. Because Felino is not, I hope he gets traded, honestly, at this point. It's, it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. 3.8 million. It just, it just didn't work. It just didn't, it didn't work. work. And we fell for something we shouldn't have. Hook, we, line, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> fucking Toronto got the better half of this. They took fucking Richie and then got rid of him early. Yeah. And then we took Felino for a 3.8 mil and kept him. Like, uh, and not for nothing, this was one of his healthiest years that he's had in a couple of seasons, too. So mm-hmm. you can't even really blame that for his lack of production. Great dude. Yeah. Not fast enough, not clever enough, just not enough on the ice, man. Mm-hmm. Not just, enough. That's just it. Just not enough. He just not wasn't enough. enough. And if I'm Anton, if I'm Anton Bleed, like Thomas said, if I'm Anton Bleed and I'm watching that night after night, after for the first three months of the season, keeping the fourth line afloat, helping keep that fourth line afloat. And you know what? Felino being so good at defense, which he is. He really is. You know how much easier it is to be good at defense when you just chuck the puck down the boards and sprint down to your own zone? Like, fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Make a play happen in the offensive zone and then get back on defense. Can you do that? Which he did. I'm being bitter. I'm fucking being bitter. <laughs> he was really responsible defensively. He made... There are highlights of him doing good things in front of the opposing nets. It just happened eight games out of the fucking year is my problem. Mm-hmm. Bleed had four less points in half as many games. Fucking rough. I never even looked at the point totals. Yep. Nine points in 32. Bleed had nine points in 32 games. Felino had 13 in 64. God, he was so, he was such a, he's a negative on fucking offense. Yeah. We need to try to move him. I know it's going to be so hard to do, but we need to try to move him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Bleed completely justified. Wherever you go, dude, you worked your ass off, and I, yep. I want Still you to continue fan. it. 
Yeah, you've got three fans sitting right here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're also really big fans of the next next guy that we're going to talk about. Uh, Trent Frederick. <laughs> Bean, would you like asshole? You, would you stupid <laughs> son of a bitch. You stupid, <laughs> dumb son of a bitch. So he's asked it. I'm paraphrasing. Hey, he's asked, hey, how can you make more of an impact next season? You know, on the ice. And he goes, I don't know. Shoot more. That was his exact wording. I don't you, know. Shoot more. You dumb fuckaroni and cheese. Are you <laughs> kidding me right now? I don't know. Shoot more. Hey, how, oh, I got to work on my hands a little bit. I got to have a little bit of better control of the puck. Hey, I, I need to have a higher IQ going through transitions of the neutral zone because the puck keeps getting stripped away from me or I panic and throw it down the boards when our four chicks not going to get there on time. Oh, I'm pretty bad at my timing on line changes. Dude, you have so much shit to work on. You're so young in the league and you're going to sit here and go, I don't know what I can do to improve on. Is our coaching staff failing you that much? Or has our coaching staff been in your ear constantly through your entire development and you are clearly refusing to take a message? You had months of good play working with two guys who worked hard and you worked hard and there was a level of chemistry. Guess what? You don't always have that luxury. There are times when you have to be making the IQ play on a line because you're not used to your partners. Fucking get it together. Pull your head out of your ass. Understand that you're part of a team. The comments he made for his exit interview, I refuse to accept as as just a, a passing thing. The guy doesn't fucking get it. That's my opinion on that. That's that. That's it. I'm with all of that. <laughs> Fuck, man. Not as, I mean, not I mean, angry, what else? Guess, what else? But, what yeah, else do you say? Look, I mean, you're right, dude. You you can't say that in your exit interview. Like, you can't be that fucking nonchalant. If I'm Cassidy it. and I saw, and I'm, if I'm Cassidy and I heard that, I'd be like, oh, Trent, get in here. <laughs> and there's there's no there's no way that leadership on that team, whether it's Sweeney, Cassidy, Bergeron, whoever, I think Marshawn may actually have something to say about it because, like it or not, Marshawn normally has really fucking good things to say to the media. Yeah. He's very forthcoming. He's very fucking honest. And no matter how much ego or cockiness that dude has, he's completely willing to call himself out when he does stupid ass shit or things are, are not going his way and he needs to improve on things. Mm -hmm. That is the mentality that Trent Frederick needs to have. Don't get me wrong. Frederick started this season on the wrong foot for me personally. And I know probably with you guys too, yeah. there is no doubt about it that a couple of months ago, he started stepping into a role that he had never been in before and excelled. Yes. He was giving yeah. us his best stretch of professional play. Unfortunately, by like for him, far. By <laughs> far, yes. Unfortunately for him, he fell off big time at the end of that season. And he was a question mark to even get fucking playing time in the playoffs. There's no doubt about that he was sitting in that doghouse. Or if he wasn't sitting in it, he was leashed up and not too far from it. Yeah. No. Folks, we are back to a situation where we we were going into last offseason where we don't know what his place on this team is because he has not defined it. Yeah, that I take extreme, extreme offense to the way that he handled that comment. No. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Ian, I know you're a lot more passionate about it than <laughs> I am. Uh, obviously for anybody listening, but yeah, you are a dumb piece of shit for saying just that. <laughs> Straight oh up. You can, I, uh, you, you know what? You can even there. say that you, <laughs> you can even say, I don't know, shoot more, but follow it up. 
Yeah. Follow it up with mm-hmm. some actual answers. Don't act yeah. like you're just trying to come in, grab your fucking sneakers, pack your fucking suitcase and get the fuck out of the locker room and go enjoy your summer. We know that's what you're trying to do, bro. We know that's that's the priority for you at that moment to get the fuck out of the media because nobody wants to talk after you lose like it's yeah. you're, you're mad that you lost i get yeah. that part of it but you got to be a professional you got to answer questions the right way you just have to look at what posternock does and i really don't want to fucking talk about this but look at what posternock did with the questions that he was asked mm-hmm. incredibly professional incredibly heartbreaking but he did it the right way that's that all you gotta to do dude it's not your what 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 a uh jake debrusque is being asked or a trent frederick is being asked is light years lighter than anything that pasta was asked in that moment oh yeah handle your fucking business be a professional and and like i said uh on twitter the night that we got knocked out of the playoffs act like you respect what's on the front of your chest more than what's on the back yeah in my opinion frederick didn't do that in his exit interview and it frustrates me because i started kind of buying in ian i said this earlier today on our on our text thread that I feel like this fan base gives him this huge fucking pass sometimes because they see him as the next coming of Luch when it comes to being this physical monster, this entertaining guy, this marketable guy. But he's not that player. He's not capable of being that player. Luch was a goddamn animal and brilliant for this fucking team for a while. And then it fell apart and now he's gone. He's yeah. never coming back. I know. I, I, I love him to pieces. He was still one of my favorite players. During we're that we're still rooting run. for Calgary. I think yes. all three of us are like, fuck yeah, Absolutely. dude. Go get another fucking ring. Do it. But it is hard for me to look at Frederick right now at this moment. I know there's a lot of hurt behind all this or whatever, but it's hard for me to look at him right now and, and root for this kid at this point because I don't understand why he's not putting it together. I feel like he has the talent. He's on a position or plays a position that we really need to fucking step up. And he's just not doing it for me. Real quick. Do you think Freddie fight Freddie fight club was the worst thing that could have happened to him? Honestly, that's, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like the fan base kind of got this weird illusion of what this guy can be. He could be the fucking, the boxer of our goddamn team again, and we can be the big bad Bruins and blah, blah, blah. That's not how this sport is. That's not how this team is constructed. And that's not what that player is capable of being. Let's be honest. If Frederick was on a team in 2011 that we were playing, he would get his ass kicked by five or six different dudes. The game is so different just a decade ago. It's Carver's Frederick, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Do I respect him? And and don't get me wrong. Like, this is where a lot of it comes from, too. Do I respect him for fighting a Tom Wilson or or manning up to a Subban and stuff like that? That's where everybody fell in love with the dude. But you, you're you're supposed to be a skill player, bro. You're not just a goon. Don't go out there and goon it up. Don't commit penalties 75 feet from the fucking puck in an important playoff game. I'm not going to want you to get important minutes. And guess what? Cassie didn't give them to him. There's a reason, folks. Yeah. Had the answer been, honestly, I don't know, and I really need to figure it out because I wasn't good enough. Fine. That's Fine. all. He, if he just left Fine. there, beautiful. If, or if, if that you, was his follow-up. If you don't know, you don't know, and that's fine. If you said, I don't know, but I got to be better. It's the blase. It was just so nonchalant and like, well, it is what it is. Dude, you were, the bottom six was a massive reason why we lost a series. Like, that's a big arrow straight into your chest, dude. 
I don't know. Obviously, I have some strong feelings about this because much like you, Thomas, I was really buying into this third line. We said it a couple weeks before the playoff started. This third line could win us series. And then we get to the playoffs and they're a liability. Not Coyle. Coyle played his fucking was guts great. out. Mm-hmm. But Smith, and Smith honestly, I thought Smith had a really unlucky and tough series. Mm-hmm. I am still a big Smith guy. I thought he still played the game the right Same. way. Same. Frederick was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely atrocious. And you just got to sit there and go, dude, you can't you can't just act like, oh, well, you know, uh, I got to shoot the puck more. Mm-hmm. You have so much to work on. It's not even funny. And if I'm, I'm Cassidy, really if I'm Cassidy, my, if I'm Cassidy, I, I'm telling him this is this is why this is exactly why you get benched. Yeah. This is exactly why you get about eight to ten minutes of ice time. This take is why leap, take another leap next year, and you could be just a, such an unbelievable asset. Take mm-hmm. another leap forward, and we're gonna love you. But you can't. The attitude that we get there—that's not. We used to compare him to Marshan when he first started. Like, hey, maybe this guy, he's got a little bit of hands. You know, maybe he could be a new age Marshan. Got some size, got some fight, but still has the hands. The hands didn't develop as fast as we thought it would. And the IQ I never, never did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, there, there, there's, there, there, there's definitely next year for Frederick. I mean, a next huge year. year. He's here yeah. next year, but yeah. it's a huge yeah. year. There's no doubt about it. He's going to get another chance. It's, it's definitely, he he's definitely, it's a chance. crossroads. It's a crossroads yeah. situation for him. It's like, yeah. it's like, what do you want to be? And it should have been be, like that because he, he started to put it together. I don't understand it, yeah. but and look, if the line got beat, the line got beat, right? If the line just fucking fell apart because we had a mismatch and it just wasn't working. Like I can accept that. But Frederick alone, was just so much worse than Coyle and Smith yeah. that you couldn't even make the argument. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've, yeah. we, we have, we've exhausted this topic. Yeah. But I will fuck. agree with you though. I think, I think Smith did have an unlucky series. I thought he played his ass off, but he's a streaky player and we've seen that for two years now. Yeah, that that's true. He's, he's as streaky as it gets. Sometimes he'll put it together and he'll get a little bit hot for a bit, but it never seems to last. Mm -hmm. And he went, he went cold or unlucky uh, just at the wrong fucking time. He did. I I just think he's a really, he's a better Heinen. He's a guy you can move up and down the lineup and still be impactful. And I like Smith a lot. I'm never going to, well, I guess I could someday, but right now I don't begrudge any part of him on this team. I really, I really do like him. And let's yeah. be honest. Heinen is a better Heinen because <laughs> that fucking dude had a pretty good series against the that's, Rangers. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Can we move on to someone I want to talk about? Um, well, let's, let's touch on Jesper Froden because it's kind of a similar thing. Wanna, uh, I'm going to rant about him too. No, Andrew, I don't really this. have I much to say it. about him, to be honest. He, he's kind of an inconsequential fucking player to me at this point. Yeah. I mean, Froden had the same, had the same, basically the same exit interview as Anton Lee did yeah. without nearly as much of the uh, justification. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't deserve to make the, I signed here to, to play in the NHL. Hey bud, you got to start somewhere and you didn't fucking earn it. Mm. Yeah. There were a few games where, where he looked, where he looked okay, but yeah. that's just it. I mean, I, I called him Swedish Seth Griffith. Like, who does he think he's bumping out of the lineup? 
Mm-hmm. I would love to hear his his opinion on that. Yeah. Well, I, well, I think I'm a better setter than Patrice Bergeron. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> you fucking twat. God damn it! Could be I'm like so the, mad the, at the, these guys right now. It could be. It, it, it could be the um um the Jesse get the Jesse Gabriel story, fourth round pick in 2015, who came to development him. camp. Oh my god! Came to development camp. The first thing he said was, "Jake DeBrusque went 13th. I'm fucking better than Jake DeBrusque." All right, kid. Where is this guy right now? I don't remember. He, uh, at last check, he was playing in the Australian Hockey League. Mm -hmm. Hey, do you know who our fifth round pick in 2015 was? Who was that? Do you want to play this game? (laughs) Do you you want to play it? It's Kaprizov. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. We we didn't know. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Pretty sure that was 2015. I'm pretty sure I got those years right. But no, but Froden, like... Hi, it just, he was a hand. Like, all right, mm-hmm. yeah. Bye, Froden. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Bye, yeah. I, I deserve to play in the NHL. Go fuck yourself, dude. Yeah. Um, so, like, the comments from these exit interviews. If you say something that I think is so fucking disrespectful to the organization, well, that's, just out. that's it. I'm out like, on you. It's it's not just that he says I'm an NHL player. I want that kind of confidence in a player. Sure, I have no absolutely. problem with that. But when that's your follow up comment after saying, "We'll see if if I'm going to actually return to Boston." Because I'm an NHL player. Okay, bro. Then go fucking find yourself. Yep. En- enjoy playing in at medieval times. <laughs> Arizona. Arizona yeah. Yeah. Which don't even have the Yotes logo on center ice. Mm-hmm. How fucking and, embarrassing. And, and in order to use the arena, they had to sign a good behavior clause. I love it. <laughs> There's Love a detention it. room at that arena, and they're going to be stuck in it if they're bad boys. They're bad boys. <laughs> the gonna, most notorious gonna... party school in America signs you to a good behavior clause to use their arena. They're going they... to UMass? No, Arizona <laughs> State. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking. Oh, man. They're going to be. Funniest so thing to me. College is... students. Anyway, let's That is on. the funniest thing to me. <laughs> That Arizona um, State is making the Coyotes their bitch. Yeah. <laughs> love to see it. Last guy. We got to talk about him. Yep. I do really love him. I think he deserves, he deserves to be talked about. Uh, Lazar, do you think he has earned... I mean, there, I don't think there's any doubt. He has earned the ability to be on this team. Do we actually see him coming back? Though? Has, he's he, too he, much of a raise. He, I think he might have played yeah. himself out of the price point that we're probably going to be assigning to that role. He's earned himself coming back too much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's I all I was to say. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's like, yep. <laughs> I love Lazar. I love what he brings to the table. I love that every time he has the puck in the offensive zone, he hits the goalie for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean with the puck, I mean with his body. I, <laughs> the guy's just, the guy plays the game as a gritty fourth liner. He knows his role. I wish we could keep him. He'll get 2.2, 2.5 from some team, and I'll be very happy for him. Yeah, I great for him. That should be something fan. we should be far away from. Yeah, I am. A, yeah, we can't have a fourth line that gets paid $8 million, $9 million yeah. a year. Yeah. 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 You know what that is? That's Peach. That's Peter Shirelli. What's, what's your number for him, though? If he really wants to make Boston work, I would we offer him, him one six. Yeah, I pay one just six. about. Yeah, I pay one, one six. six to one eight. You go over yeah. one eight, bye. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but I think I would, a lot of it is going to also come down to like what kind of clap uh, clap space cap space we're going to move. We out here and clapping. Cheeks, I am not right? talking. Yeah, I am not talking about Jake DeBrusque having the clap or anything. But. <laughs> Sagan's not on the team anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> 
Dude, I, I, we don't have a lot of cap space. We got it. We'll, we're going we'll to see what be, happens. We're going to be creative and hopefully yeah. make some, but we'll see. If DeBrus gets moved, though, all of a sudden four mil opens up. Mm-hmm. If a, let's say Riley, because we really do want Grizz to stay and we think Grizz is better than Riley. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of a sudden you go from four mil to 11 mil. If DeBrus and Riley move, all right, well, we have some wiggle room. Bergeron's not going to command a crazy price if it's one year, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Because if he stays one year, it's because he wants to win a Fingers cup. crossed he does the to- uh, the Tuka deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But you're, one, year, you're sitting- one year, one mil in Bud Light? Hell yeah. <laughs> and you're sitting there going, all right, well, we have enough to bring Lazar back in an actual top six guy. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the top six guys out right now are probably looking for nine to ten. We'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah. I love Lazar. I really do. I, ho- yeah. I hope we re-sign him for a cheap contract. I think he's priced himself out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, value for role players. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They're spending money on the defensive side and the defense is going to look good and all that uh, with arguably two of the best de- defensemen in uh, at least our division uh, with Lynn oh, yeah. and McAvoy. Like, oh, forward, we've got them for the the better part of a decade coming forward. Like this yeah. is Hedman who fuck off spoiled, spoiled defensively fine, but yeah, we got it. We got to get, good role players for the right amount of money. I don't know. He says that there's mutual interests. Obviously the team's going to be interested in hearing what his agent says uh, he's commanding, but who knows? Maybe he really likes Boston. Maybe he really likes the organization, the town, whatever. Uh, always the hope that the wife or somebody is just like, no, I don't want to leave. Yeah. I don't want to take a, Take a couple less hundred thousand on the contract. What's the, what's the difference between one point seven and two point one? Really? Yeah. There's well, four hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. There's there's hardly anything that anybody can't buy with whether you're making one point four or you're making two. Yeah. There ain't too much of a difference. I always try to be very understanding, and I think a lot of a lot of people have reached out to me about what kind of deal does this guy get, or what does he go for, and at the end of the day, players taking higher deals is beneficial for the players union so mm-hmm. i'm kind of always for that unless it's my team right right like you yeah. want you want players to have more power and to have more money and all that stuff and also nhl players again a best case scenario is a 15-year window to make all their money yeah mm-hmm. and look and many of us who make fucking 60 grand 50 grand 40 grand whatever wherever you're at I, i'm not going to judge anybody wherever that uh, annually we sit there and go like oh those poor guys fucking 1.3 mm-hmm. and even oh they only get six years of a million a year i mean it's still they, they live a different lifestyle than us and, and i'm not saying that's right or wrong but like they just see the world a little differently than we do. Yep. I'm not going to judge these guys on, Hey, I want to maximize the time I have in the league. And Lazar is a fourth line guy. Yeah. A fourth line guy doesn't get the 15 years. Yeah. He gets eight at most. Yeah. So I don't know. I, if he decides to move on, I'm not going to begrudge him at all. Yep. Well, unless we get the Sweeney's and sign him to another 800 K contract. <laughs> I'd almost feel bad for him. If it was that low, yeah, is right. that weird? That's what he's that- making this year. I know, but I'd almost feel bad to be like extended at that. <laughs> I mean, it'd feel great for me. So, you know, it works out. Right. <laughs> so you just talked about Sweeney. Uh-oh. Sweeney, Cassidy, where are you guys at? Because obviously Twitter is uh, very back and forth. Uh, there's a lot of people saying that neither one should have their job. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit privately. Obviously, I think logically 
if one of them is going to go, it's going to be Cassidy because Sweeney probably has one more head coaching hire in him before he would be let go. But I don't think either one are gone, and I, I'm pretty sure you guys agree. But can either of you guys make a case for for them being gone just for the sake of the uh, the argument? For them being gone? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't like. I. I don't think any of us think that they deserve it. Either one, mm-hmm. but out of the arguments that you've seen on Twitter, what one made the most sense to you in terms of, okay, well, this could be a reason that Cassidy's gone, or this could be a reason why Sweeney might lose his job. Well, first of all, I can't really, I, for in Cassidy's case, I can't really conjure a reason for that. I can't really conjure a reason why he would be gone. I so agree with I, that. I, we'll just watch that, right? Yeah. I, I've been the most vocal person about like, hey, Cassidy was on the hot seat halfway through yeah. the season, which I thought was justified. Yep, and sure. right now I sit here and go, I, he maybe lost the coaching battle, but it's hard to even say that in that series. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm with that. And I, I, I did see a lot of people on Twitter saying fire Cassidy and put in trots, which is like, no. Oh, you want to get more defensive? All right, guys. Right. Yeah. We need to find a way to generate more offense. Here's Barry Trotz. Yeah. <laughs> Look, and we're uh, we're Trotz guys too. Like I. Love yeah, we Trotz. are Trotz guys. But, I do, but he's but, literally more defensive than Bruce. Yeah. He literally is. Yes. Yeah. For Sweeney, um, it's an interesting case because the only really case that I could see for him being gone is like is one argument that I that I've seen is why hasn't why isn't there pen to paper? Just yeah. yet. Yep. That's about the only one that I could see. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Uh, why hasn't he signed a new deal? But no, but why would he be gone? I guess is a question, right? Like, why would you fire him? I can't. I, or just not resign him. Or, or not just not. Him. Or just let him walk. Um, I'm not going to say 2015 because that's so fucking overplayed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say. I think he's done a good job. I think sure. overall he's done a good job. He's not, he's probably a top five to seven GM in the league. Let me play devil's Objectively. advocate. Let me play devil's advocate. I think Sweeney deserves to stay. I do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people dislike that. But here's the argument that people are making that is a solid argument. What is the conversation we've had for the past five years, six years, secondary seven scoring. years? Secondary scoring. It's a one-line team. You haven't been able to fix that and you've spent our first round pick three out of the past seven years or four of the past seven years. Yeah. Where is the secondary scoring? Why have you never, we've been a good defensive team for a decade. That's not the problem. We've had goaltending for a decade. You came within one win of a fucking Stanley cup. I'm going to give so much. We That's such a coin flip. Like I get that. But other than that season, why don't we have any secondary score in the playoffs every fucking year? That's it, your devil's advocate. It really did feel like they solved it by getting guys like Eric Halla. What happened to Eric Halla in the playoffs? Shut up. No, I'm playing devil's advocate. You've <laughs> yeah. got to have some answers. Yeah. Right down. Yeah. Three points in seven games. Not great, but not mm-hmm. 2C material. <laughs> yeah. Coyle had a decent series, and then it was our top line. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all yeah. we had. We didn't have enough points from the defense, but I think that's coaching, which Cassidy, I think, is looking more and more into. But I just Cassidy's Cassidy's under contract for the next year, and he's the only coach in the cap era to have six straight 650 650 point percentage seasons. 
he's not going anywhere. So anybody who has that in their head, get it out. Hey, mm-hmm. Sweeney, great coaching hire. But where the yeah, fuck right. is our secondary scoring? Yeah. Where is it? How well, have you not been able to get it every year? One of the one of the things that you can say to counter that is obviously like going out and getting a player like Taylor Hall mm-hmm. to present us yeah. as as secondary scoring. But mm-hmm. that also leads me to one of the things that Sweeney has done very well, and that is the deadline for two straight years. I thought he had an excellent deadline this year. Uh, I know that some people debated it, but like looking at what he did or specifically didn't do with DeBrusque, mm-hmm. uh, I felt or didn't this do was, overpaying for yes. Raquel or Raquel. Yeah. Raquel or Cop, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cop had an okay series mm-hmm. uh, for the Rangers. He but, was, he was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, uh, and I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, we could have Domi for nothing." Folks, not a single fucking person in their right mind wanted Domi at the deadline because that he had one been... goal in thirty-one games when he got traded. Yeah, yeah, and also so, he sucked the rest of the season too, and then all yeah. of a sudden had a great game seven. Good for him. And, but of course, it's against us and all that stuff. Yeah. So obviously, everybody with their the benefit of hindsight was just it's like, the oh, Vladar principle. Yeah, it's yeah. the same shit. But yeah. look, uh, so this deadline aside, last year when he got Taylor Hall and Lazar. And, and don't get me wrong, I, part of that was he was kind of gifted to Taylor Hall, but he did an excellent job at that deadline, If even if you take Taylor Hall out of the equation. Yeah. The problem is, did he do the right thing this past offseason with the secondary scoring? I felt like he set us up for it. It just didn't pan out on certain certain elements. But for a couple months, it fucking did. For a I was of months, surprised. For a couple months, Nosek, it fucking carried us. Yeah. I was surprised that Nosek wasn't more. I really was. Felino. Uh, we, we figured out a couple months in that, that was a mess. Yeah. But uh, I think I personally was like, yeah, that's a great signing. Mm-hmm. A little expensive, but I liked it. That was the one that we probably were the most confident in going into this, this yeah. season. And Overpaid, but would make an impact. Yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah. But I think people have a real argument for looking at Sweeney and going, we have had the same problem for half a decade. Yeah. And I think you make a great point is the hall acquisition was a great grab. Lazar, awesome. The Nosek signing, the Howla signing, they were impactful for the regular season. So if you want to throw that out in one seven-game series where it didn't work out, like I feel like you're being a little emotional in that mm-hmm. case. I was playing devil's advocate. That's why I did the whole rant. But I think Howla was a good signing. It just sucks that he's not enough to be a second-line guy. Yeah. I a, think elite third line center though elite third line center or wing which is sure. more likely wing i uh, yeah the hall is a mystery he's an enigma to me right now because this it uh, working with hall and pasta obviously boosts anyone in my whole thing which is why it validates people who don't want sweeney is we've had the same problem for so long and there just hasn't been enough evidence that he's doing the right things to counter it my biggest argument against that is take a look around the fucking league. Who do you want to replace him right now? I thought he's done an admirable job. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to, who do you want to switch to? And is that guy going to fucking torpedo a window that is very, very, very close to being closed. Mm-hmm. The people who want to blow it up now. I get it. We have assets that you want to take advantage of, blow it up, get picks back. With the way we've been drafted, yeah. let's take one more kick at the can. How about that? <laughs> I, I would like to see one more attempt. Yeah. You, and don't, you don't shut a window on purpose. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And even, and even with the, you know, the drafting, the drafting stuff, I think Sweeney has done a hell of a job in filling in around the edges. Um, you know, I think the last couple of drafts have been really solid and getting guys like Merkulov and Debussy have been, have like shown that, you know, Sweeney knows that there is a weakness there and he's, you know, he's filling in the coffers. Yeah. There's, there's some, there's been some creativity there, but we've had a number of years to try to fill that fucking, that train of centermen that we are about to get really exposed on this year. And I think, I think for me, obviously a drafting history has been rough, but Ian, you've made the counter argument to that. Just saying we're consistently drafting at the end of the first round. The no, end, or not at all. Or, or our average all. first, people, our average first pick in the last five years has been 34th. Yeah. People ask, have asked me to do a draft preview and I'm like, we're not picking until fucking 40 fucking eight or something like that i don't i don't want to dive that deep guy (laughs) but Uh, yeah i mean i i agree with i agree with both sides i guess um sweet that was that was a good right he does everybody everybody deserves criticism when you get knocked out of the first round and you have that much talent and some of the criticism for this entire season kind of to me i don't know how you guys feel about it but i felt like the first line consistently regardless of who was on it kind of fell flat it wasn't a great year for the perfection line it wasn't a great year for our like we're a one-line team we weren't for a while mm-hmm. there was a long stretch of Marshawn being really good and then there was a very long stretch of him fucking struggling bergeron never put it all the way together offensively he had what was that like he was doing nothing and then he had like that four goal game or whatever got it yeah. like fuck but and then pasta got pulled off that line for a good amount of the year and that was that was a positive for us yeah we got it to mix great. it up we got a little bit deeper that was Paul the first pasta time was, is awesome it was fantastic and i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing that again next year because yeah. whether bergeron's back or not i think we're going to see that yes but this is going to be an interesting off season and it right now all to me hangs on the captain so but real quick just to kind of put a bow on the sweeney discussion Contract extension is probably on the table right now for him. Oh, I don't think it's probably. I think it's already on the table. I think yes, it is, yeah, it's it on is. the table. I, I in his exit interview today, he did say that uh, he looks. It, lo- it looks like it's going to get done in short order. That was his yeah. literal words, which alludes to either hey, I'm not getting re-signed in short order, or I am. Like that's yeah. he he kind of worded it in a way I can't remember exactly what he said, it, but it did kind of be like this will be decided very mm-hmm. soon yeah if he's not back with boston he's gonna get snapped up so fucking quickly so off yes. somewhere else in the league. yeah probably as in a presidency role yeah that, and that's why i said like not not necessarily a gm role or whatever yeah. uh, just a front office role in general so many, i'm sorry oh go ahead no no, so, no i think you're about to ask it so how long is the extension yeah you did ask it uh i say two years at most yep i don't give more than two years same two years I think it'll be longer than that, but I I can see that. What would you give him personally? For, yeah. I mean, two to three makes me comfortable. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's offered more. Mm-hmm. Really? I, gen- I genuinely think that he is the 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 future at general manager for this organization because I think we're about to hit a big time transitional period either this year or next. Mm-hmm. And do we want to bring in somebody new and blow it up without the fucking ability to really know this organization as well as he does 
Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be the guy to start Interesting. Yeah, right. I don't know if that's the right decision or not. I feel like I would lean towards, yes, he's the guy for that. Uh, but I know that there's a big segment of this fan base who doesn't want him to be at all involved in the the turning of the new leaf. He's very much not well-liked around the fan base. Yeah. But, but hey, you know what? That's We're a passionate fan base. Everybody's yeah. hung out to dry, no matter right. what. The only right. person who's been fucking somewhat absolved of that is probably Bergeron. Yeah. Everybody else is probably pasta is specifically this year. Like I would say too, but typically like we, we are completely able to put people on pedestals in this, in this city as, as sports fans, but we're also incredibly capable of fucking holding them accountable. Yeah. Uh, if you, if game seven went a different way in 2019, we would still be having the same conversation. Yep. Mm-hmm. which is which is exactly the answer you need of like expectations hey, this guy put together yeah. a team that won a stanley cup but we're three years later and we're like well we got eliminated in the first round fuck this guy yep <laughs> expectations yeah. every year to win a championship in this town which is the way we like it obviously yeah. but we're, we're spoiled just by our teams competing dude new york Straight is up. the same way yeah. la is like that in some sports like imagine being philadelphia right now imagine being a sports fan in philadelphia who i've said multiple times is the closest thing to our type of fandom they are struggling all over the map. They, all over the map. Oh my God. They God, God, it could be worse too if Tom Brady didn't fucking drop that pass. God <laughs> damn it, Brady. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, did I, I I'm sorry, I blacked out there for are a you second. You kind of disassociated that for a second. When it comes to beating Philly in the Super Bowl, you know, I thought we were gonna, you know, anyway. <laughs> Nick Foles is a bitch. Fuck that guy. Am I getting belligerent? I feel like I'm getting belligerent. I'm on number. How many of those beers did you have, dude? Dude, we are so deep right now. You don't even know. <laughs> I think that means it's probably a good time to go ahead and jump on some phone calls before we wrap it up. What do you Fuck, guys? we still phone calls. God damn it. Yeah, let's do it. Shit. So our first uh, first voicemail we're going to go to here on the chirp line. Uh, let's go with Nikki James. This call came Saturday shortly after the fucking finish. So here we go. Uh, my name is Nikki James at Nick Riding. Um, I'm probably going to call you a few times here, so just get used to it. Every time something new pops in my head, I'm probably going to call you. But um, I mainly wanted to call about the fact, A, Brandon Kyle is probably the worst fucking player on this team. He is absolute fucking garbage. People stick up for him. I don't know why I can't think of one thing he does well. I really can't. And this has been all season, not just the playoffs. Um, honestly, I think Connor Clifton was probably your best defenseman in this series. And I think he's been a good defenseman all year, to be honest with you. Um, Taylor Hall disappeared on us when we needed him most. Craig Smith didn't even disappear because he actually never showed up. Um, he had zero points in this series, which is just unacceptable. Um, you know, the first line can't do it every time. People who don't know hockey don't realize the fact that defensive teams do well at home because they can match up against the other guys, good guys. So it's really tough to beat a defensive team like the Bruins, like the Hurricanes, in their own arena. It's just really difficult because they can throw out the matchups they want. People don't realize that. But I know you guys do, and um, it's just so fucking aggravating. But, um, yeah. I'm glad that uh, you guys told me about the sheriff line. So get used to hearing this voice. Thanks, guys. 
the Nikki, bro. That was perfect. That you had. That, that's not, that's that was straight up Mike from Woburn shit. Okay, Nikki that's why we got the line, points. man. He does. He makes, I, he makes some great points. Yeah. I, I want to tackle this right away. I'm sorry. I'm jumping right in because I'm Dude. all he amped me up with this. First of all, Clifton, this praise for Clifton, hell yeah, man. Yeah, he really did hold his own. Uh, Smith, I've already said this. I disagree. I think that he did a lot of things really well, and he went dry at the worst possible time. I'm still a Smith guy. Look, I get that. I get the Carlo criticism. I really do. Mm-hmm. He's a big body who plays soft, doesn't take the hit, reaches in too often instead of just laying the body out. Look, there's a lot I dislike about Carlo, but. As far as special teams go, he's tremendous in the penalty kill. He was huge in the penalty kill throughout the entire series. Absolutely huge. I do think he offers a lot. So Nikki's clearly a guy who likes to look at structure, right? Five on five play, when Carlo is on the ice, people avoid him. And I think that's something that needs to be paid attention to. He is an obstacle. He isn't the greatest at breakout passes. He isn't the best guy at, at getting the puck to his teammate. I get that. The guy is a defensive defenseman who makes mistakes. If you don't agree that he's a top four guy, that's fine. But that is an NHL defenseman right there. I think he's a top four guy defensively, but he is strictly a defensive defenseman. Yeah. He's working on the offensive side. We've talked about this from start this year, and I thought he improved on that this year. But He's still a black hole. Offensively, yeah, he's not good offensively, but he is an obstacle when it comes to the defensive zone. I think he deserves a little credit for that. I get where the criticism's coming from, but I, I do think structurally he matters a lot to this team. Exactly what he's saying matchups and everything, defensive teams. Carlo's a part of that. I really mm-hmm. do think so. He's a legitimate. He's a legitimate defensive top four defenseman, and in the sense of what did you say, Ian, a couple weeks ago, the most thankless position in on the ice is defenseman. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and especially especially if you're a defensive defenseman, especially yeah. in this age of the NHL. Yeah. So, I I, I disagree with the uh, with the. Uh, I, with the uh, rather colorful way of describing Brandon Carlo's play. That was um, what a great call. That yeah, yeah, good. Nikki, shout out to you, bud. <laughs> but um, I, I know he probably uh, this this came so quickly after the game that I know that some of this was a lot of emotion. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Clifton probably our third best defenseman in this series, mm-hmm. and I'm not a Clifton yeah. guy, but. Yeah. Cliffy hockey's a real fucking thing when it comes to fucking playoffs. It just, really just, is. Extrapolate that throughout the entire season. Yeah. We'll love you. Yeah, 100%. Honestly, you know what? If you're just going to do it in the playoffs, fine. I'll, I'm just two years in a row. Fuck it. I'm fine. You can yeah. be our seventh defenseman regular season. And fucking playoffs, come on in. I'm fine yeah. with it. But, I mean, he's he's not very wrong about the Taylor Hall and Craig Smith thing. Neither one had the finish that we needed them to have right. uh, in, in important moments at this series. Um, but yeah, excellent call, Nikki. Man, f- by all means, feel free to call anytime. Anybody who wants to call, jump on it. Uh, the phone number is 860-506-5444. We are going to leave this line on all offseason, and we will be using a good amount of the calls. We can't we can't promise that everything's going to make the air, but uh, we'll probably be doing a couple of calls a week to uh, get you guys more involved into the show structure. That said... 
Uh, that said, if you insult Andrew in the call, we'll pretty much always use it. So yeah, but, <laughs> do it, do it. Just be, just be vile. I don't even give a shit. He's he's kind of fucking right, folks. Um, <laughs> uh, our next call also came from Saturday. Uh, this is actually from Nick, uh, who is part of the third Another line Nick. grinders. Uh, oh hell yeah! Oh, yeah. yeah. So a little BNG love. Let's go ahead and go to his call. What's up, boys? Nick from uh, Third Line Grinders. So I just saw the Patrice version on Exit Interview, like the short one on TNT. Haven't been able to watch it full yet. I can't help but think that I think he's done, and it, I think that that's a really shitty way for him to go out, but. If Bergeron's going to go out this way, I think that's, you know, not the way that he wanted to, but I think it only makes sense because this guy can only give so much, and I think he has spent a lot of his time playing, you know, for this team, playing for this, this city, and it doesn't make any more sense for him to go any further. He's given everything he has gotten and it it fucking blows the way that I ended but I don't know boys I, I just I, I truly think that I think that's the end and now you really gotta start looking forward to the future and figure out which way this team is gonna go and I know you guys do a great job in breaking everything down and looking towards the future, so I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say, but it sucks everything has to end this way, especially tonight. No good effort. Could have had a much stronger effort. And uh, unfortunately, home ice, I guess, really paid off in this one. So, all right, boys, keep it up. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll be listening to you. Peace out. Man, that had some sadness to it. Yeah, yeah I felt that. Felt that where I feel. <laughs> I've I've never had a conversation with Nick before, but man, I have to assume that that's probably the uh, the most bummed out that dude could possibly be in that moment. It's rough, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's why this this line is up. We want to catch you guys when you're feeling emotional and feeling heated or or whatever. But look, we we've talked about this earlier on the podcast. There's a chance that Bergeron may be done and. If we go with that sentiment, Nick's Nick's not wrong here. It, it it's going to blow if this is the way that he goes out. Mm-hmm. That this is the last note that we see, and and he touched on the effort that we got in Game Seven, and I don't I don't think he's wrong. Like I, I don't necessarily agree that this is definitely it for Bergeron. I think I'm a little bit more hopeful after a couple days removed from it. But if if this is it, Nick is spot on with the fact that that's a tough way to see the guy go out. Yeah. I uh, Bergeron if he goes out to agree with Nick first of all yeah the the team failed him right like if this is his last season you sit there and go that guy deserves more cups right and whether you put that on the GM the coach the players whatever you want to do I I don't really care where you're going to pass the blame but that guy deserves more cups There's, there's, there's no way around it you can blame the universe for all I care. I probably blame the universe, honestly. But going to three cup finals in eleven years, it's not like that it's been a total failure in getting to the final part 
of you know winning one and you know we should have won 2019 but we should have won 2013 i kind of thought we were lucky to be there but 2019 was fucking i can't believe we lost that series i thought we were gonna win it in five fuck's sake I'm going to blame the referees because I'm a fucking incoherent Neanderthal Bruins fan. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, you could have stopped that set and said Bruins fan. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, I feel the disappointment. If you're going to talk about the end of Bergeron's career right now, like, how can you not feel just completely, what the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy deserves everything. And again, this is, I just said it earlier, I'm gonna sob when this guy retires. I'm a grown ass man. I'm gonna cry over an athlete retiring from a team I like. You bet your ass I am. You know, one thing for me too is thinking back to the series uh, against the Blues with Zidane Chara, broken jaw, mm. fucking bubble on the on the bucket, mm. and, that, and that standing no that he got. Like, that's going to stick with me for a very, very long time. Because that was pretty much the end of seeing him in this sweater. And it was such an impactful moment to me as a Bruins fan. Bergeron did not get that. Mm, But he will because he's going to play another year. Yeah, baby. Totally fine with that. Uh, But yeah, Nick, thank you so much for the call. Keep up the good work on third line. Um, I I do want to point out that Google Translate... uh, when when Nick says Patrice Bergeron, it translates automatically to I just Silver Spurs are on. Nailed just, it. Just, just, just Silver Spurs are on. Just okay. Silver Spurs are on. That's yeah. Just Silver Spurs are on. That's it. interesting. So, I love when, that so, call. so when we pull out the short That's short jerseys right next there. year. <laughs> I love that call for the fact that like it's just raw. It's raw oh my god. This one hurts. And I yeah, think no. it really it really summarizes yep. this year that I thought the second half of the year we were one of the best teams in the league. Yep. I mean we literally were. Yep. We really thought we could make a run. If we got by Carolina again to, mm-hmm. to echo Marchand, that was finals, baby. Yep. That was we were right in it. If we met the Avalanche in the finals, I'm not favoring us. But fuck, we had a chance. Yep. Now, I mean, I'd, his emotion in in his call was definitely he was down. And yeah. don't get me wrong, this is a hard episode for us to record. We yeah. were looking forward to doing a post mortem episode. And uh, kind of we, we, we kind of put it off for a few of, days. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. We needed time to digest it, and I and I'm fully aware that this will probably not get as many downloads because people are fucking hurting right now but those of you who are listening to this we definitely appreciate it uh and we know that you'll be with us for the long haul through this off season because there's still so much to talk about but yeah don't get me wrong like i'm not super interested in hearing a lot about the bruins right now i'm reading everything with a fucking half eye closed you know what i mean like this is it's it's a bummer Dude, my uh, my latest hey let's talk about Bruins news video is the worst video listener wise I've had in yeah, months. No doubt about it's, it. No one wants to it's, talk Bruins. It's like now. this even during the regular season. A big yeah. loss, less people are going to listen. Yeah. Teams doing really well. Boom. I'm like that too. I'm not judging anyone. Absolutely. I, uh, when the Celtics took that fucking massive loss in Game Five against the Bucks, I was like, I don't. I don't want to listen to anything about this team right now. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm hurting. I get it. I get it. They done. Right. Yep. All right. Uh, we got time for one more call. Uh, this call is Jack. Let's go ahead and go to that call now. 
Hey, what's going on, Short Shift fam? This is Jack or John Batot on the Discord. Um, I am calling because, you know, the season's over and all that, and we talked a lot, we all talked a lot about getting matchups, and it just seemed that especially on the road, the Bruins just didn't have the guys to get the matchups. Wondering if you put that more on the personnel groupings that they have, or if you put that more on the coaching staff and their inability to match the personnel groupings to what we have. And and further, who do you see coming up in the system that might pose matchup problems for playoff teams in the future? I uh, appreciate all you guys put into the podcast. Avid listener, have been for a long time. Hope y'all have a great season. As much as it pains me to say that. Go Bees! Go Bees! Yeah, baby! Uh, That warms the heart, first of all. Yeah, it absolutely does. Short shift fam, hell yeah. Go Bees. I mean, do you think that Carolina is just just the better team? I don't think... I I think, like you said, the second change killed us. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it really just boiled down to that. Yeah, Ian kind of called that. I spent 20 fucking hours looking at spreadsheets and trying to find a goddamn way to win a matchup when we were away. And we game seven was close. Yeah. It really was. It came down to a couple bounces. Yeah. But I, there wasn't a matchup. You can't blender your team into a game seven where you just go, hey, I hope the chemistry is there. Right? Huh. Whoops. There just wasn't a way to win that series. I, there wasn't. I would put more blame on Sweeney than I do Cassidy, and it's still not a lot of blame. Mm-hmm. Right? I thought we got beat by a team that's had a lot of, you know, top first-round picks because they were rebuilding, and those guys are coming up. We knew we would have to deal with that in the back half of this window. Then the team was faster, younger, stamina, better, whatever you want to talk about. The, the team was better. We lost to a better team. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. It hurts. It hurts like a motherfucker. It makes you question next year, which I th- still think is a slight window open next year, but it hurts and it, it makes you question it. But yeah, no, I, I don't put a lot of blame on Cassidy for the series. I thought he coached his ass off and the power play actually performed. I mean, if you look at the total numbers, I mean, decently. I thought the penalty kill was tremendous. No more uh, memes, thank God. Yeah, I, I, obviously there's there's some inopportune moments, the, the vulnerable minute after a penalty kill, game seven, whatever you want to say. But I think the special teams did their job, and we just lost to a team that, that, that was home and won the matchup. Mm-hmm. If we were home, we would have won game seven, and I believe that wholeheartedly yeah especially with how we play especially with how we played like yeah it just it just there's no shame in losing to the better team but it like we said goddamn, it hurts yeah yeah there was a, there was a second half to his question that i'm blanking on right am i am i just going insane what else did it, what else was it i i said a blanket on it i don't know <laughs> I was asking Thomas, not you. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, help. I, I don't remember the, light, the second half of the call. We, we were talking about the this. call was just basically saying, uh, is is there somebody in the system that can come up and potentially be a matchup 
uh, agitator or or something that's going to pose a problem. Thank you uh, so and, much. I and totally for me, agree. for me, Oscar um, Steen. I, Oscar Steen's my guy because not only just my own desire to see him be that person, but I think he might be an interesting candidate to maybe sneak onto a second line. Whoa! I think I think if he puts it together the way he did for a couple of weeks earlier this season, uh, he's got a chance. I think he's going to make the team coming out of camp, first of all. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to do some blending, and depending on if Bergeron comes back, and depending on how we line up the second line, et cetera, et cetera, we might see some important minutes for this dude, or at least, I'm not saying like a permanent role, but I think there's a chance that he fucking cracks the top lines. Steen Engine, let's go. Buddy, uh, yeah. what? First of all, him making the team out of the camp means someone gets moved. Mm-hmm. First of all. It's Unless, fine. well, maybe it's I think we're going to see a lot of Lazar. Well, yeah, Lazar's gone. Lazar plays it. Yeah. Uh, that's still such a tremendous. Oh my God! You don't think he has the ability to step in because we've talked no, about. No, totally before. do. I, I totally think, do. And you know what? It may take an injury or something like that for him to actually step up to it. But I don't think he's that far off from at least getting a look because I also think he's well liked in the locker room from the other dudes who are important yes. impact players on this team. Mm-hmm. And you want a fucking grinding guy like that? Does yeah. he fit more on the lower lines? Absolutely. That's that's his game. I, I honestly, I think he could be a baby Marshawn. I love that. I love yeah, it so much. Great. I want that for him so much, mainly because I want another Marshawn so badly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a Marshawn, but he could be an agitator who's, a, he showed that he's willing to fucking skate into the dirty areas, but also fucking pull it towards the net. Yeah. That's one thing that I love about Marshawn's game. He'll be on the outside and just fucking so quickly completely change his direction and drive the fucking net because he's not afraid of impact he's Mm. never been afraid of impact i think he fucking thrives on but he's also small and shifty enough to kind of get under the uh, a larger defender's arms and shit and just fucking get in there and he gets a clean shot off almost every time it's insane like i wish i had a third of his fucking ability and he can score goals off the top of the net yeah like (laughs) <laughs> Andrew, do you have a guy to answer this question? That's it, I, it's steam through and through, man. Well, pick someone else that you think that might, you know, just real quick, that might that, be an impactful guy next year. That might be an impactful guy that isn't necessarily on the team this year. Yeah. Or from Providence. Yeah. Like, I keep getting back to Steen, but like, I, I don't know. Uh, Steen's the only one that I can really think of. Maybe Merkulov gets some time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe Merkulov. Like maybe Merkulov gets some time. Maybe. Maybe. I think, Mc, get, I think McLaughlin could really do a lot with more ice time. I think. I think, think McLaughlin. McLaughlin has to improve his skating. Yes, he has to improve his skating. But if he could be that Noah Chari type on the fourth line. And he's, I, I think he starts the season as the first call up. Mm. Um, yeah. I just don't see him as like a matchup problem. No, yeah. not that's really. No, I'm going I, more but with this him, is, with this is a reminder that it's not because you, you think Steen potentially could have a, a second line upside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We sell, you know, <laughs> we had one. If we had a third line or fourth line that had enough scoring upside that Carolina had to take them seriously. Yeah. All of a sudden, 
yes, the matchups change. We just need a little more from the bottom six. So when you look at, like you said, Andrew Merkulov, when you look at McLaughlin, Lee Sell, I, 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 just one guy who adds a little bit more to the scoring upside, mm-hmm. that series shifts massively. 100%. So I think there are a couple guys that we mentioned that, that really could have an impact on that. It's just, it's all hopeful right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, uh, first of all, thank you so much, Jack, uh, for that question. Great question. But I do think yeah. this is something that we're going to need to revisit again over the course of the summer, just the off season in general, because I think we may have better answers uh, as as things start to take shape. But yeah, awesome, awesome call. Love that question. Yeah, mm-hmm. boys, great. Do you guys have anything else before we uh, we sign off and uh, and officially go into off season mode? No, I think I drank enough beers as I drink more <laughs> beers. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Dude, I'm fucking depressed. This is bullshit. What happened to Bruins hockey? I miss it. I think I think that's kind of where my head's at. It's I'm not super shocked that we got knocked out by Carolina. Carolina's a good team, but the uh the deflation of knowing that we're not going to see Bruins hockey again for a little bit does suck. That said, this podcast is a fucking full year round podcast. We will still be bringing you plenty of stuff in the off season. And we will be doing some uh, some extra cool shit this summer. More mm-hmm. guests, more phone calls, so feel free to call that line. Maybe a little uh, nudity, who knows? Maybe a little bit of nudity. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's why the camera's off, boys. Yeah. Well, my camera is on, and I'm naked right now. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> I'm so glad I have a fucking window up in front of the Zoom. <laughs> so, so I don't... Now, but now I'm like scared to close it because I don't know if you're being fucking serious. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> deadly serious. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, for anybody who who went ahead and listened to uh, not only this whole episode uh, as as depressed as it got at times, but anybody who's been listening to us for the full season or a good chunk of the season, if you found us this year, if you found us coming over from Ian's channel or vice versa, if you found Ian's channel this year. It is, it's all incredible love for all of you guys. You guys have made this so much fucking fun for us uh, as we watched Bruins, ho- Bruins hockey. Just knowing that we were going to get to talk to not only each other, but talk to you guys on Twitter and, uh, and whatnot and get that interaction. Uh, so much appreciation towards everybody who has jumped online and bought some t shirts uh, and bought a pint glass with the eye folks on it and shit. Uh, that's really fucking cool to see continue to keep those interactions up we want to talk to you about bruins hockey all summer uh there's a lot still to talk about it's not like the bruins are fucking done forever bro mm-hmm. we got a, just a couple of sad weeks but we're going to be talking stanley cup playoffs we're going to be talking stanley cup finals i'm sure next week we'll jump on with some updated predictions maybe we'll start making some weird bets and maybe we'll also include some of uh our regular listeners and some of those weird bets oh my god uh, i don't want to make any more bets i already owe you people a whole bar yeah yeah. Can't wait. By the way, me. Thomas, I <laughs> want to I, by the way, Thomas, I want to apologize for my lackluster eyed folks in last week's episode. Awful, you should apologize for I'm that. I'm so glad Marky called you out on it because it just it did not have <laughs> the oomph considering that we were about to enter a game seven. There was no joy in that. But honestly, guys, thank you so much for pulling up uh, a good episode for us and carrying the weight. I apologize for not being there, but look. Ladies are important too. 
So, gotta take well, care. I almost missed tonight. Because, yeah, anyway. <laughs> we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> but, yeah, how, are, how do we all have women in our lives? How does that happen? It's, yeah, we're it, kind of dorks. Get, it's how does that it's work? gonna get a little bit easier in the summer when we don't have to concentrate so much on brewing stock. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but little do they know. <laughs> it's, it's all year, baby. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please like, rate, subscribe, review. Do the whole deal. We are going to come back so hard next week. So hard. Go be Go Bees! Go somewhere. Somewhere they're going. Oh, well, that was... Uh, hey, off season. Fuck? Can we just off- end it with Go Bees? What the <laughs> yeah. fuck was that? No right, off boys. days, boys. No, no off, days. off days. No, right. I'll talk to you guys later.